Hello, welcome back to the National Association for Primary Education podcast. My name is Mark Taylor and I'm chatting with Pizza Council again today. Hi, Peter. Hi, Mark. So today we're going to be chatting about more than a score and he's going to talk about a little bit what this campaign is and, and, and some of the details that you may not have heard of. Yeah, more than a score is, is a, an alliance, a, a coalition of, of a variety of groups across education who take the view that education is much more than just testing. It's much greater than just getting some some data which you can then say this number equates to this child. Because of course education is much broader than that, it's much more important than that. And so we've been joined together for some time now, for a couple of years uh, we've been part of that and have been putting our voice forward to try to present the idea to government that they are misguided. And I think that's really important to, to, to demonstrate, isn't it, that NAEP as an, as an association is more than just the, the sum of the individual people involved in the council and that kind of thing. It really is the fact that there are many organisations, many associations, many people from lots of different parts of education working together and NAEP often has a key role in that and, and to influence that all the way up to, like you say, in terms of government ideas, in terms of us being able to influence as much as we possibly can do. Yes, yeah, it, it's, it's really important because it, it has been over the last 10 years very difficult to get the year of government. Certain ministers involved in, in education um, have failed to listen, I have to say. I, I've been in meetings with, with, with various members of, of, of the government, um, ministers of education particularly, who seem to be at the time listening to what you're saying, but you never see any progress made on the points that you're making. Now, it could be a fundamental difference of opinion, or it could be they're being guided by other people. I'm not sure what educational background, what educational understanding those people who are guiding them have. And I guess that's often the, the way, isn't it? It's the fact that it's only by actions and by actually seeing the results of these conversations that you feel like one of your voice is being heard um, and, and also that they're actually taking any notice by by people that actually are involved in education and, yeah. and really do know these things and I guess more than a score is that real coming away of people shouting very loudly that actually the testing is one not only that people don't want but they're actually sort of harmful in many ways for people's well-being and the whole sort of setup of how education is going in primary schools. Well I, I think if you take one aspect of of the testing that's happening in schools, and that would be the phonics check for year one children. That is a check of decoding. It's a check of children's ability to decode some words and some non-words phonically. It's not a test of children's ability to read. And yet, the government claim that they've got more children being able to read because of this. Well, it isn't about that. That isn't the only aspect of reading. And it has been shown, there's some superb research done by Margaret Clark and others who have demonstrated quite clearly that the very limited research which was done into phonics and systemic systematic phonic teaching, which the government claimed proved its success, has been disproved. Research across the board has shown this not to be the best way of teaching, solely teaching reading. It is an aspect of teaching reading. And so 
this misguided way that, that all primary schools are being forced to teach, forced to make their children learn these phonics on the basis that that's the most important aspect of teaching. It seems to me, you know, it, it, a confused way of looking at education. It's not taking the best research, not taking the best advice from people who understand these things. And I guess part of it is also wanting to get across that you're, from a government point of view, that you're doing the best you can, that figures are pointing in the right direction, that you're worth investing in for a longer period of time if we're talking about re-elections and those sort of things. And I guess it's it's a little bit like the fact that unemployment may go down if you can't be employed because you have to be a student for longer or, or something like that. There's all manner of different ways that you can put, you can put a spin on these things. Um, but you're, it's really interesting, as you were saying there, in terms of research which is out there and that people can actually show and explain within the education system that actually what is working and what isn't working and, and, and how that you know, affects children. And, the, and there's a link to that research on the, on, on the NAEP website, in fact, isn't there? Um, but but, but, but they, they then confuse themselves. I mean, there was an announcement recently from Jeremy Hunt who, who stated that 25% of children are leaving primary school unable to read. Well, that is just nonsense. It's not true. It is true that 75% of children are reaching the expected standard, but it doesn't mean those other 25% can't read at all. It just means that they're not reaching the expected standard. And it's a misunderstanding. I don't know whether it's deliberate or whether it's just a misunderstanding of, you know, of presenting things in that way. It distresses me that one has to go to the point of organising a coalition of all different groups in education in order to make the point, because those groups are saying those things anyway. They shouldn't need to, to make a coalition and to, and to bang the drum loudly. It should be that responsible governments are listening to them. And, and, and it isn't, this isn't a party political thing, because it, this has been true of governments over the years. Of, of different stripes, and and, that, and that's an important point, isn't it? Because NAEP is apolitical, and, yes. you know, and that's you know we're we're on the side of the child. It's the child first, is in the centre of exactly what we do. And, and from a personal standpoint, you know, I've had one child that's only just left the primary system, and we have another one only sort of four years older. And what was deemed to be a required level just those four years before was very different <laughs> and, and so it's not like the evolutionary scale has changed in that amount yeah. of time so like you said you know 75 percent of what and, and and what that level happens to be how that changes in the space of a few years just because someone decides that actually that's what it ought to be yeah yeah, yeah. i mean uh, to to be fair you know we feel that we've had some success within more than a score they, you will recall that there was um a toddler's march on, on Downing Street where they present a petition um, putting forward the idea that there should be less testing in schools um, and, and, and that the Labour Party have recently announced that they will be scrapping the idea of SATs uh, if they were to come into power. So, so, so one would regard these as successes. But there are still things to be, to be um, argued against. And the latest campaign um, is really looking at the times table testing, which is going to be brought in, I think, uh, next year. And they, th this is for year four children. And... The idea is that they have um, a, a, an online test 
which is which in which they're given six seconds to answer a multiplication question and they are, you know, they're straightforward it's, this is the question you have six seconds however it is understood that there will be an expected pass rate of 100 uh, percent and you can try taking the test yourself you go to more than the score.org.uk website and they and they've got a place on there where you can take the test and, and I've tried it and it's actually quite challenging it's quite stressful to do it within six seconds and it's it's interesting why the six seconds is important isn't it <laughs> because it's that kind of if it took you seven is that really going to make a big difference in your life other than the fact that you feel less stressed because you can do it in a way that you can yeah. and bearing in mind many of these sorts of things these days what it's important mental arithmetic and times tables actually many calculations are now done by children on phones or on calculators or all those sorts of things and while you shouldn't always rely on those type of things if you're going to test on anything maybe maybe sort of focusing on the sorts of skills which are more useful in terms of collaboration working together reasoning those sorts of things might actually have a bit more of a, set yeah. Of a focus yeah i mean i mean I, I i don't i don't dismiss the value of tables at all i, mean, I think they're really is really useful to have them However, as someone that learnt their tables and knows their tables, I still find it challenging. And I'm not seven or eight, you know, I'm a little bit older than that. And so, you know, I've had lots of experience of doing these things. So it's, it's not even so much about the test, which I think is wrong. It's about the stress that you're putting on children. You know, why do they need to be put under that stress at that age? It's not necessary. There are government ministers who think that it's a good thing for children to be stressed. I beg to differ. Well, me too, and 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 the, and the other thing which I find interesting sometimes in a, in a more general sort of testing environment is the fact that once you've actually reached a required level, and it may be that you've passed this test, is it year four you said, yeah. uh, and you get your 100%, what then happens to doing times tables after that? Are you now deemed to know them and forever that will be okay? Mm-hmm. And I remember when we were at the um, Theresa Kremin um, Schiller lecture, and she was talking about the whole idea of reading for pleasure and the fact that once you get to eight years old and you've managed to complete every level of reading in the school book you're then left on your own to read and be a self learner and read whatever you'd like and we sort of wash our hands of of that sort of responsibility (laughs) and it does seem strange that you know at such young ages we can kind of feel like well well done thanks very much and now off you go onto your own into the sunset while we now add more things onto it it just seems a very very strange way of actually non-continuing some of the things that they've learned yeah yeah and, and it, it, it and it loses sight of the fact that children are individuals and they need to be treated as individuals and that we actually need to do evolve or develop um, a system which is actually responding to them not them responding to the system there's plenty of time for that later on, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. And, and I think it brings up a really interesting point in terms of the importance of NAEP and, and why being a member can be so supportive for you as teachers, especially if we're in school or for parents. And as much as we talk there about essentially the system being different or having a, a sort of a different way of actually approaching what it is to be learning in a primary school, and it's only by organisations and associations like NAEP where you can have those conversations with ministers. And like I say, sometimes you may feel like that you're not being listened to, but there are enough of us around and enough, enough support to be able to 
to keep tapping on that door and sooner or later that there's someone that takes notes enough to actually make some of those changes which is what many of us talk about over a long period of time yeah and 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 it, i i guess that it needs um people like we have on the council of, of nape um who have that little bit more breathing space and time to reflect about education because one of the overwhelming aspects of education that I see in schools is that teachers don't have that breathing space. Um, I was partly responsible for organising a recent conference for head teachers in Oxfordshire, and uh, sorry, deputy head teachers in Oxfordshire, um, and part of our drive for this was to give them the opportunity to spend time thinking out of school and talking to those deputy heads they it was one of the things that they found there just was not time for and yet we expect them to be leaders in schools and to, and to have the answers and we don't give them time to think no and that really is an important factor isn't it we, you know we, we talk about well-being a lot these mm. days it's an important factor and part of that is having the right environment and that comes with enough sleep it comes with eating well it comes with exercise and it comes with that personal time you know like you say you need that ability to relax that ability to refresh to actually then like you say things come to you and and the support you can then give on to the children in your care is is um in ways that you would not normally do without that because we, we know that they come at a time when you've had that chance to be refreshed and and to look at things with fresh eyes yeah yeah very much so Well, thanks very much for chatting today and uh, I look forward to our, our next conversation. Thank you.